Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and I am Ryan. With me is Brad and James and Zach. It's like the OG podcast. Oh my gosh, it's getting back it's together. It's Zach the end leave. of time. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Shazam! Stay, t- stay tuned to the That's end of the movie. show where we will tell you if you see the film or not, play the trailer, and then we will spoil the film. We also talk about movies we've watched throughout the week, movie news, and movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, and then just random musings in our lives yeah. that happen to pop up. Fun little, fun little things. Ryan, keep us moving. We, emotions. Yeah. Humans. Brad, do you have emotions? Nope. Wrong. I, I killed those things years ago. Wrong, wrong person <laughs> you know, to ask. Sometimes when I'm driving or walking down the street and I see a fat lady fall, I laugh. And then if I thought I was an ant and she fell on me, it wouldn't be so funny. <laughs> Do you remember Jack Hanley from Saturday Night Live? <laughs> that was one of the ones I always remembered because <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I know it's Settle down. I don't know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at either. You're just laughing at your dad because he's weird. Because he's a child. And, and an old guy who remembers when SNL was good. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. Laura does watch SNL every week. Weird. And I watch, I go, this is just not funny. Yeah. I... I Every once in a while, a joke will sneak through. There's, there's one where Every uh, when Black Panther came out and T'Challa was on Jeopardy, and it was pretty funny. Sure, Black Jeopardy. Yeah, and um, he was talking about being noble, and it was pretty funny. And then I think it's about another year before I laughed again at Saturday Night Live. Sure, uh, but you know, it I like, still exists. I like the Black Jeopardy with Tom Hanks on it. It's pretty funny. But the app for Saturday Night Live. Tom is Hanks great. isn't black. No, no, no. They, they they bring him on as one of the guests on Black Jeopardy. It's a funny sketch. You should watch it. Wait, it's a different Jeopardy, but it's Black Jeopardy? Yes, it's Kenan Thompson hosts We're Black Jeopardy. Show That's here. the premise of the sketch. Is, is this basically just them stealing the Chappelle Show skit about no black do you know black people? I I don't know, I guess so. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like it. It's been a while since I watched Chappelle Show, so I don't remember that sketch. Ah. 
I was thinking about the uh, internet sketch though t- uh, the other day uh, where they go oh, through yeah, the yeah. actual internet. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. just like if it was just a department store. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, you know on on Facebook, I love that it knows what I videos I watch. So I get a lot of you know fails, people being stupid, and then I've been getting a lot of Chappelle show lately, and that show is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I uh, you shared like this little clip that was a couple weeks ago that was from uh, Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Oh yeah, I was like, man, this is so fucking funny. It's on Netflix, and so Brooks and I at the end of the night, she was working on something, and I was like, I'm gonna throw this on. I'm just gonna want. Man, the first ten minutes of Delirious are unwatchable now. Yeah, it's so bad, and I didn't remember that at all. The the uh, opening is real rough when he talks about like gay people oh yeah and he walks up he's like what if they kiss you and you have that aids on your their mouth you're like what oh my god and i mean it's 1983 you know the context in which he's doing that and and the complete lack of information and yet still oh no it's it's awful skip it it's really rough because if i yeah if i'd known i would have just skipped 10 minutes in but by the time it gets funny you're already so on edge that you're like i can't laugh at anything anymore raw's i'm just gonna go to bed like yeah i think raw's rougher raw's rougher really yeah go through raw again try, i haven't try i haven't watched him since again. like i was 15 i i there's um, a reason there's a reason i don't really you know back when he was hilarious that much anymore yeah. well but that's why he's still get, a funny guy that's but, why you still well, you got to get the highlights you know when he's yeah. like, right talking about singers and you know elvis we got to win oh, yeah. this race and, well uh, and <laughs> all of all of the the ice cream and the mcdonald's sketches are oh yeah or he talks about really, his uh his uncle He's like, you want to start a fire? Well, I'm going to start a fire. Uh, that's a fire. You know, when he's yes. talking about the barbecue is brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there there's but, classics out of there that I've yeah. always remembered because yeah. they were so good. I still love and then, his, I, still, I still love his SNL sketch where he plays old Gumby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Gumby's in a retirement community for old comedians. <laughs> yeah. It was just funny because we'd gone from... Um, oh, uh, Brooks had put on the new... Um, uh, What's-her-face? Uh, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer's oh. got a Netflix special. Yeah, so we yeah. watched through that, and it was good. It was all right. Um, like her, yeah, anyway. She's Amy Schumer. Yeah, like 70% of her jokes are that she's fat and that's funny, and I'm just like, nah, you don't. All right, I'm good. Yeah. You know? But anyway. She's um, a funny lady. But after that, I was like, ah, I'm going to watch Delirious because I had watched that clip. Yeah. That you'd yeah. Man, it was it was. So I guess I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the full thing in a long time. <laughs> you don't. I mean, <laughs> it really, like, kind of ruined it for me. Like, because it's. It, yeah, it there is like no way of excusing just how bad it is, mm. you know. Other than remembering the the point in time and the misinformation and the and yeah. just the general fear, um, and lack of understanding at the time, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's and then he made Pluto Nash, which James bought the two tickets in Colorado. So yeah, yeah, Jake and I saw it in theaters. <sighs> so you're the like one who encouraged him. Yeah, it's it both going. its first and last week at the AMC Twenty Four Highlands Ranch. Jake and I were there. I, I we I, needed we needed to see as as also the only two white guys who saw Undercover Brother in theaters. <laughs> we were like, "This is our jam," and it wasn't. Undercover Brother is actually great. Undercover Brother is great and yeah. underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, we're not here to talk about Undercover Brother. <laughs> Although that would be a great podcast, minute by minute on Undercover Brother. So, Brad, you bought some extra Endgame tickets. Are you selling them for fifteen grand on eBay? <laughs> I should, although no, no. Only there's still plenty grand. of seats at the Alamo the same day. So yeah. I don't know why people are buying them that well, so, much. Yeah, who well, are, and who even are like them? even the Alamo right now only has one theater at a time for sale. Like yeah. in two weeks or a week or so, they're going to open up more theaters. Um, so you can. My buy guess tickets. is one of the like the smaller theaters. That's all they're going to show. 
Oh yeah, is yeah. Like at, at at Littleton, and if you look, they're showing it. They start showing it on on Friday at like seven a.m. Yeah, like they're not doing twenty four seven, but they're getting as close as they can on this one. Well, I remember for Infinity War, you sent a text. I was like, "Hey, come with us Friday at seven and I thought it was like seven a.m. So I showed up at the Alamo and go, "Oops." misread that oh text. yeah that's right yeah and a movie started in 45 minutes like mm, guess i'll watch it again by myself <laughs> because i totally misread the text sometimes it happens when i work because i only sure. glance down i'm like okay yeah i can do that and then i look at like oh whoops <laughs> i remember that that was so funny oh that's right i mean Ryan there's worse ways killed. To oh look zach's killing it at work today yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right losing his mind butts is what Kellen said. Yep. But. Hey, oh. Kellen, are farts funny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you guys are funny, word. Oh. I like dweebs who have butts on them. <laughs> he likes dweebs with butts on them. I guess that's what he said. Okay, I don't know. Well, that sounds like an amazing ska I, band. I, dweebs I was with butts on them. And it was a monster got my desker. He was leaking and a monster got his desker. He, he the edge. Yeah. So I opened it up, and and then I and then I and it was Palmer. It was Laura know. Palmer. She frost don't eat the clues. Wow. I was watching Chappelle show his trading spouses. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah. his little boy's like, D's. He's like, what does that mean? D's nuts. <laughs> I, I love when the kid goes, uh, G, 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 G unit, and then he goes, G, 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 get your ass in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> he drops him off the side of the road, like, okay, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you all right? You seem tired today. Yeah. yeah. I am. Do you need a hug? No. How was your screening on Saturday? That was fine. Yeah? Yeah. Was it screen intel? Yeah, well, I just showed the Paradise Shake music video and answered some questions from the audience. Nothing. Did they, was one of the questions, why are you so great? No. No. <laughs> Next time, uh, I'll try to make it to it. your things and I'll ask that question. All right, cool. Thanks. You have to wear, um, you wear a disguise. <laughs> I'm going to wear a monocle. Yeah. It's like a open screen night that's during the day and mm. um, has a Q&A. Well, that's cool. End, so, I just helped kick that off. So. Nice. And and they have a featured filmmaker, but I wasn't. That wasn't me this time. So it is a long sit, though. Yeah. It's like a five-hour event. Wow, that is long. Yeah. Yeah. There's like one intermission in the middle. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's been working on stuff. Yeah. Cool. Like guys. getting ready for our big events. Guess what, guys? What's up? And toilet. <laughs> All right. Okay, Kelly, I want you to say, let's go around town with Brad. And let's go around town with Brad. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Aww. It's so It's the cutest. Brad around town segment yeah. ever. I'm still putting the regular thing in. Oh, 
Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't care what you think. I'll do what I want on my Kellen, podcast. Kellen, apologize to my mom. When you get older, you can start your own podcast. Say, I'm sorry, Carol. <laughs> Anyways, what's going on around town? be three hours long. Kellen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, stop. This week at the drive-in, uh, I assume it's still Shazam, Captain Marvel, and it isn't a romantic, so <laughs> no reason to change it out in the second week. So seriously, no, 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 no. isn't it? I'm, I'm still. I'm, I mean, I'm shocked that we, to we claimed like, yeah, there's no way Captain Marvel going to get in there, and then like, yep, Captain Marvel is on that lineup. So yeah, yeah, they spent all their money on the first two movies. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but like, I was thinking about it because I, I went and saw the lineup last week, or I guess this weekend, and um. It, the first two movies are two and a half hours long. Yeah. Holy cow. So, you know, the third one doesn't start till close to till 11 one o'clock. p.m. Yeah. So um, I think it was like, hey, let's also just find a short, fun, light movie that's, right. that's actually know, not a kid's movie that yeah, we can that, get out of that there. That might yeah. actually keep people a little awake. Yeah. Because you know? also, like, because of the daylight savings change, it also starts at like 8.39. Yeah. Uh, something like that. So it's, yeah, it's rough. Um, but fun. But fun. Uh, I was going to say... Uh, it, it chapter two might actually like be their bigger one of their bigger sellers within the year because um, they said that it chapter one did really good for them so that's funny but anyway cool right on Shazam Captain Marvel and isn't it romantic yep is the Esquire open yet no okay they're close though they it's supposed to be the summer so cool well good hopefully the summer means May to them the new policy though is no Brad's allowed so. Poor Brad can't go inside. Hey, man, Marvel starts the summer in February now, so <laughs> any time now would be summer. Yep. Guys, guess what? What? This better be good. Butts on the toilet. Butts on the toilet. Man, I had two, if I'd had two guesses, I would have gotten it. <laughs> See, from my advantage, it's either chicken butt or butts on toilet. <laughs> See, see the way I'm hearing it, it still does sound like Twin Peaks. <laughs> it probably is dialogue in Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, a it's, a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the character in the in the lounge. Uh, it's definitely more creative than ninety percent of the things David Lynch has made. Yep, butts on toilet. You're just mean. <laughs> my next movie is butts, butts on, on toilet. <laughs> I'd pay um, to watch that. <laughs> wasn't his last one just him painting for two hours? Yeah, but you got it's. What's the difference between that and the Bob Ross thing? Well, I guess he. he Excuse me. I, I guess, Bob I Ross guess is over in like twenty minutes. As, <laughs> as the young man at the table, you clearly don't understand Bob Ross. Okay, 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 excuse yeah. me. I guess the difference is Bob Ross talks calmer, whereas David Lynch probably yells while he's painting. No, no, no. The difference is that Bob Ross is a talented person. Talent person. I'm, I'm editing myself as myself. The difference is that Bob Ross is a very talented person and an American treasure. Okay. And David Lynch can float if he meditates David, hard enough. David Lynch made the Elephant Man, so no, I want him to stay here on ground making movies. I'm so pretentious. When you get my Criterion releases, there's no chapters. Hey, Ryan, <laughs> the Straight Story is a great film of his. The Elephant Man is a wonderful film. So there might be two. There might be two. Eraserhead's really fun to watch. That's almost as many good films as uh, Martin Scorsese. Um, Brad, is there anything else? No, that was it. Cool. Catching the classics with Corinne is next. Catching the classics with Corinne is next. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 18 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my reviews. 
This week, I watched Seven. Yeah, the, like, horror murder mystery movie with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey. I'll talk about that later. Um, unfortunately, I knew, like, pretty much everything about this movie going into it. I knew that the murders were based on the seven deadly sins, that, um, you know, Morgan Freeman's character was supposed to be this, like, very jaded, like, older cop, and that Brad Pitt was this kind of, like, eager, up-and-coming, like, wanting to prove himself detective, and that, um, you know, I knew the whole thing at the end where um, John Doe turns himself in, and they go out into the middle of the desert, and Gwyneth Paltrow's character, she, you know, gets killed, and they send the box and everything, so, you know, what's in the fucking box? You know, all that. And that he, Brad Pitt, shoots uh, John Doe, so, yeah, pretty much knew everything about this movie, which, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I feel like it was kind of a bad thing, because then... When you got to the end, I felt like the suspense and, like, all the, like, cool buildup that I might have been experiencing was gone for me. Because I'm like, I already know what's in the box. I already know he's gonna, you know, he's Envy and, you know, he wants Brad Pitt to be Wrath. And so, yeah, dang it. This is one of those times where I'm like, freaking hell, people out there spoiling movies for me. Um didn't really like it or hate it. It was like, it was okay. It was like worth watching. But, um, again, I think with the, with the ending spoiled for me, I think a lot of the kind of the experience of the movie was, was gone. Um, I know that there was like the whole thing about how Morgan Freeman's character is trying to find reason to care or like not be so jaded. And they kept bringing that up over the course of the movie, and by the end, I guess, it just didn't really land for me, personally, but um, the performances were good. I really liked Morgan Freeman in the movie. I thought Brad Pitt did a pretty good job acting as, like, a little bit of a, like, overly emotional, in a way, um, detective, and Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't in it too much, but she she did a good job, and... Yeah, Kevin Spacey is problematic, but I'll tell you that he pulls off playing a privileged white guy who's really, really creepy really well. So, there you go. Um, so, uh, and uh, I think the part of the movie I liked the best, weirdly, was uh, the credits, actually, at the beginning. I thought it was kind of a different and interesting little credit scene. Um, the music by Howard Shore was really good. That scene, um, I'm trying to think which one it is, where the music's kind of, like, building up. I guess it's, like, when they go to find the guy who, like, the sloth guy, that one is, like, burn, 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 you know, that, that was really good music for that scene. So it really helped build up the tension, and, yeah. So I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give seven three out of five stars. Like, it was okay. It was worth watching, but I don't know if I'd ever need to watch it again. So, next time I'll be tackling Terminator 2. 
Hope you all had fun at the movie this week, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Corinne, your review all hinges on the movie being ruined by the fact that you knew everything that was going to happen, and then you listed all the things that are going to happen, which means that now everybody listening has had the same experience. James, James. Corinne has the upper hand now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's a good movie, though. Yeah, you know, I... I'm one of those people that I, I more appreciate Scream for the staging of shots by Fincher. Uh, the, the mystery is whatever to me, but that's yeah. the movie I saw. I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of a cool filmmaker. It's kind of like a smart person's version of Saw is really what that movie is. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the first, if you, if you saw it for the first time and you had, didn't know any of what was going on, I think it's a cool moody yeah. mystery but it's not one that you no. repeat watch a lot because there's not a lot of value to it well you know i mean i rewatched it a lot when i was like in high school but i was on a fincher kick because you, you were but you were watching kid. it for the the filmmaking you probably weren't watching well, it because that, like that's part the of the lessons of the film are so interesting or like what it says about to you when your life is really i'll great. tell you the, the 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 first time i was compelled to watch any fincher movies i think it was that one and zodiac within the same uh breadth of time was I was on a set interning um, on my summer break, and they were kept saying, "What's in the box? What's in the box?" And it's these like older guys, and I was like, "What's that?" And they were like, "You've never seen Seven? And you know, I was like, "No." And they're like, "Go find Seven at the Blockbuster tonight," because Blockbuster was still around, guys. Sure. And so I got it, watched it, and then went back and like. Asked it's also one of those movies I think that's <laughs> reputation has preceded itself. Like, oh, it's yeah. still great. I think it's still great. Well, um, and I, uh, but I also think that now. In a world where Fincher has made a lot of masterpieces, now that movie, you look at it and you're like, well, it's not as good as, you know, like, he's topped that. It was it's, a big deal at the time. It's not the one I rewatched the most, though. No, so, of course I mean, not. I mean no. I'll go back to Zodiac five times more yeah. before I'll go back to Seven, but yeah. I still love Seven. I actually listened to an interview with uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote it um, on, uh, like, Blumhouse, Blumhouse's Shockwaves thing, did an interview with him. Mm-hmm. They talked about how, like, if it wasn't for Fincher, that thing was going to get rewritten and shot by another director in a totally maligned form. So yeah. Fincher uh, accidentally got uh, Andrew Kevin Walker's draft uh, by mistake because the agent sent the first draft and not the revised draft by the other writer. And so he's like, I'm not interested in that other one, but this first draft's really good. And then that's how yeah. Seven becomes what it is. I I won't tell the story, Brad, about how I originally watched this movie starting in the middle and then. Tell us about DVD flipping, James. I've told it a number of times. It was hilarious. You can go find it. In fact, Brad, go find it in the last six years and then edit it in right here. Right here. Everybody leave a quiet spot. No. Me, I'm James. I watched the back of the seven before I saw the beginning of it. Uh, man, no, that's not. Yeah. Anyway, I did. James, I don't know how DVDs work. Well, okay. A side, B side. Is it color coded? Because I'm colorblind. No, the A side, the A side, B side thing used to be for special features. There aren't that many movies out there where the movie was split in half. Casino, Goodfellas. Oh wait, you weren't watching those. Yeah, those are all dog shit films. I literally thought a lot about those movies this week because I watched a much better Dog version. I'm Martin Scorsese. I don't understand why James doesn't like my movies. Uh, it's pretty obvious. It's is it? Is it? Dog button. I'm making silence too. <laughs> so since he's been in school a lot, his humor has gone from you know just from highbrow, yeah, which it to, was, yeah, to just 
to terribly <laughs> to influenced. poop and butts and wieners. And, yeah. Yeah, well, that's I Idaho mean, Springs education system for you. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 there's an art to the structure of the yeah, joke that he's not quite grasping yeah. yet. Right. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It takes it takes a good twenty years at least to really learn how to make a good wiener joke. For more details, see the new book, The Art of the Wiener Joke. Uh, I mean, it goes through the whole basics, guys, on how to structure those wiener jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks, Corinne. Yeah, thanks, Corinne, uh, for sending. It I'm in. so excited that next week she gets to watch a fun, enjoyable movie. Like, man. Say what you will about Terminator movies, but that one's good. No, Terminator 2 is awesome. She may not be able to call in because her face will be blown off from all the intense action from that movie. That's true. That's true. Yeah, don't sit too close to the TV. Yeah. Instead of a call in, we're just going to get the song You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. (laughs) No. Cool. Your step parents and your dog are dead. (laughs) Call to John. So we also have movie news in a segment we call Movie News. MTV Movie News. I'm Kurt Loader. It's real news. Uh, so this week we got a uh, we got a still image from the next Eminem uh, music video, which is called Morbius: The Living Vampire. Morbius. And it, it features <laughs> it features just Jared Leto in his jacket. So, it, so the song's probably that's what more blood, more things, so more bas- BS. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. If, oh man! So by oh, by that definition, if I were to stand out in the street in my hoodie, I could technically be more BS. Yeah, I literally like this promotional. Still, I only bring it up because it's Spider-Man news in quotes. Yeah. Um, and because the joke about Eminem was funny to me. Oh, yeah, but yeah. The, it's literally just a picture of. Just regular ass Jared Leto with a beard standing on the street. There's okay, actually, I'm sorry. When I say regular ass Jared Leto, yeah. I don't mean the way he is in real life where he looks weird. This is the way that Jared Leto looks if he wanted to look like a normal person. Do you know? Do you think working with Jared Leto would be really obnoxious? Because remember when he was the Joker and he was sending people used condoms and yeah. dead animals. And working stuff? with him in a movie, yes. I think he's actually probably just fine when you're not working with him. Like I think. Like, you know, uh, like the Free Solo guy has gone climbing with Jared Leto. <laughs> I think that when the Free Solo guy goes climbing with Jared Leto, it's fine. Stop. If you're that kind of friend with Jared Leto, he's, he's great. If you work with him, no. Mm. No, one, no one wants to hang out with Jared Leto. I don't Leto. know. I mean, like, I never really – I don't watch too many Jared Leto movies to watch BTS footage of them saying, like, yes, he's a dick or yes, he's amazing. So. Well, he literally sent used condoms to people. That's not – that's maybe my least favorite idea of how I want to work with anybody. You know what? I, I like him in Bi- Dallas Buyers Club a lot. Hey, it's not a conversation of whether or not he's good in the movie. It's a question of whether or not I would want to work with him. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Like, right. I, I'd have to, like, meet and chat with him and hope that at the end of it he doesn't give me a used condom. So Fair. Yeah. Maybe that's how he tells you if he likes you. <laughs> no, I think he's just kind of nuts and full of himself. But still. yeah, he's one of those method actors that's really annoying method. Yeah. Um, Brad, are you going to go see all reason. four Batman movies this year? I can't because Batman Returns plays when we do our live podcast Aww. May 6th at the Buck Theater. <laughs> so that's out. Although anyway, I guess if I, I I'll, at, I'll see it. If I went, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not going. <laughs> if I went at 4 p.m. Uh, screening, I, I can do they? Uh, yeah. Is there more than one showing of it? Uh, every Highlands Ranch one I looked at had at least uh, twice a day. So. Oh, oh nice. cool. Cool, cool. Four and that'd, that'd seven, be a I think. T- that would be a tight squeeze, but... 
Yeah, yeah. we can do it. But well, there's AMC's the Harkins, so that we're close to the Bug Theater. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm, true. I'm kind of tempted to go see Batman and Robin just cause. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Actually, I couldn't find the Forever listing though. They didn't have that one up. Oh, so. man. Because those are the ones, Forever and, and Batman and Robin are the two that I actually remember as a kid, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. um, but didn't go see because my parents looked at the trailers and went, <laughs> no, I remember, like, let's go see Christmas vacation, or Chris, uh, uh, Vegas vacation instead. I remember looking at Forever's, like in magazines, how cool the production design looked, yeah. and yeah. then never got taken to see the movie in theaters, but then like watched it later being like, oh, this is different. Yep. <laughs> And you realize that Tommy Lee Jones is horribly miscast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was really popular at that time. He, he was. No, he's still a great actor. I'm just saying. He's, that was, but his work. interpretation of Two-Face yeah. is definitely for kids. That, yeah. was, that was the other side of, you know, when you hear older actors say like, oh, I signed, like Patrick Stewart, where like, oh, I signed up for this because I didn't get it, but my kid said it was going to be great. Um, the downside of that is the Tommy Lee Jones effect. The good ones are like Patrick Stewart as X Men or Ian McKellen. Um, yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Um, Ian McKellen doing anything he's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't want to play James Whale, but my kids told me it'd be pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I also don't think I have kids. <laughs> I've never read this bio. Um, uh, oh, the Suicide Squad movie might be good. Uh, okay. Because not only is Idris Elba not playing Deadshot anymore, and they're giving him a different, different character, but they're going to keep Viola Davis. Only maybe her character's story will make some sense this time. I heard they're also keeping Jai Courtney. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And and Captain Boomerang's going to come back, and maybe this time he'll throw a fucking boomerang. Okay. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're getting rid of all the people who aren't shitty to work with. Jared Leto. I figured uh, this is what they were going to do. And then um, if you think about it, like Deadshot's story kind of like wrapped up in that movie. Mm-hmm. Did he have a story? Yeah, he was trying to do, uh, you know, be a better dad for his kid. And also you, did, right. and also you don't really need Harley Quinn because she has her own little Birds of Prey thing happening on well, the I, other side. So I think Harley, have they have they said Harley Quinn's not in it anymore? I, I'm, I'm of, assuming I, she will be because like. I'm assuming she's not because one, they're doing the Birds of Prey thing. But, but two. People are saying the footage from Birds of Prey looks good. No, no, no. That's fine. I'm just saying. But this for I the, think she's for the James. Both. Yeah, I think she's. I, I think she'll be in this because she's the only like bankable character they have right now. I don't know. All I've heard is like it's a reboot. Is that a reboot? It's a reboot. Jack Courtney's back. I I don't know what's going on. Just give me Guardians of the Galaxy three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we film that first? Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. Like, um, why do I have to wait? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm especially after this week. I am slightly excited for this like um, i have not seen suicide squad since the theaters um i, I, I have mean, no intention to i get bored enough that i might go revisit it but sure you know, i don't know yeah just depends um uh camille nanjiani was uh cast in the eternals um which is weird because i didn't realize they were openly talking about this movie but I guess they kind of aren't. It's just that, like, they were trying to get Hollywood Reporter has some source where they know they're trying to get Angelina Jolie for it too. So yeah, I, the, the word is that she's been cast in it. Um, but I it's am, a weird one. But I am more than happy to see Kamel Nanjiani in anything. So, Agreed. Yes, um, uh, I saw the trailer for Stuber, and that looks funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's one of two Dave Bautista trailers I've seen within the past week. The other one was My Spy or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I think he's literally, I, I feel like he went and got The Rock's manager <laughs> and is just doing the best he can to follow those footsteps, the, and that's fine. When are they going to fight each other? Dude. Uh, yeah. Hobbs and Shatu. 
No. No, maybe three. Maybe Hobbs and Shaw. No, three. their own thing. It's going to be their own thing. Like, no, 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 in disguise a lot of the time. Aha! There you go. You guys. See, they disguise themselves as tough guys, but deep down they're emotionally hurt. But you're missing you're missing the, Tag, the greater... Tag, except they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> but you're, you're missing the greater universe here, which is actually that they fight each other first in Hobbs and Shaw 3, and then that movie, like, then he, they, he becomes a good guy as well, and they become friends, and then that's where tough guys spins off. Yeah. See? So, like, your movie has to be a spin-off of this franchise, which is a spin-off and of another franchise. And then it becomes franchise. Hobbs and Shaw and Bubba. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I want Dave Bautista to do a southern accent. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy is getting a second season, Brad. Cool. So you'll get to... Cliffhanger resolved. Try to figure out whether or not the second season's kind of like the second trade, maybe? I don't know. I have no that I have I never read the I book. haven't seen the show, never read the book. They so. mixed both trades into the yeah. first season, so I think it's gonna be all brand new for oh, really? season two. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um season four, uh this this sentence is insane that I'm gonna say. Season four of Preacher will be the last season and will end the series. I thought that show didn't exist. Uh, not only does it exist, but it didn't get canceled. Mm-hmm. So, it's so they're just ending it on their ending. Ter- oh, so they're just ending it on their terms. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, it may be one of those things where they said, "Hey, we're going to give you one more season," and so they're going to wrap it up. Okay. Um, oh, at least they I, gave them a heads up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which actually makes sense because Preacher is a thing that needs to be able to end. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's better than just telling the critic, hey, you're canceled and not giving it a third fucking season. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck in anger from things that don't apply to me from the 90s. To the critic. I love the critic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the critic isn't a, like, s- s- series-long fight with God that needs a ending. No, like, but it had Garrett Graham doing some funny shit. <laughs> anyway, um, in maybe the best news of the week for me, or that I think, mm-hmm. uh, is that they Netflix is making a live-action version of Cowboy Bebop in which they have cast Joe Cho, uh, John Cho uh, as the lead. Spice which Siegel. Right. I, this is awesome. They cast... Let me, let me restate this. Hollywood, California, has cast an Asian man in a cool guy role. Good. Should have happened, I don't know, a fucking long oh, time wait, ago. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's not true, because it's Netflix, so they're not really Hollywood. But still, oh. people making things have cast an Asian man in a cool guy role. This is progress, people. In a cool guy lead role. Yeah. Yes, yes, very true, Brad. <laughs> yeah. He's not the weird friend who's good at in, uh, computers and gets a lady once in a while, but only has two scenes. No, and, no, no. And isn't it's an adaptation of an anime, right? I have no, oh, I have yeah, no yeah. idea if I've got Cowboy Bebop. Okay, so it's a really cool character. So it's not yeah. the same yeah. situation. Is putting Scarlett Johansson in the lead of Ghost in the Shell. So. No, that's also yeah. You're right. They're also making an anime where they're casting Asian people, mm-hmm. um, which which that, is which, also which good. I, which I find cool, I but not as crazy as an Asian man playing a cool guy. I, that, I didn't even think about that aspect of the news. I was just like, oh, cool, John Chow's getting some roles. Like searching must have been really good that like he's got some trajectory yeah. going again. So yeah, he's also over forty though. So how he still much looks like he's like get out twenty. Of that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but also that character is a little bit, you know, depending on what how they tell the story, you could you could see that character being sort of this world beaten kind of guy, you know. Um, he should have a little bit of he should have some city miles on him, you know. My um, question is, who are they gonna uh, cast as Ayn? Yeah, or yeah, or Ed, or Valentine. 
I, the joke watch, is any corgi can play Ayn, but I, I need to. Watch I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> oh yes, CGI dog. Yeah, give me the map, Brian. Give me the map, Brian. <laughs> um, no, I think it could be cool. I would totally watch that. I need to watch Cowboy Bebop. Apparently, you do. Yeah. Um, speaking of anime, that's uh, not really a segue. Uh, there was some news this week that uh, one of the writers who used to work for The Last Airbender. Sorry, I, let me say the full title. Avatar colon The Last Airbender. Right. Um, Emphasis on the colon. Came out and said, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Uh, came out and said that before the M. Night movie was happening, there was going to be a fourth season, but then like they focused on the M. Night movie and they never made the fourth season. And like I'm supposed to be mad at M. Night, but I'm really not because his version of the fourth season so, isn't really something I needed. So, and what I got instead was a four season long story that was way cooler. So this is the long delayed twist of Shyamalan's The Last right. Airbender. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it didn't, just didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't just that he was trying to do a shitty adaptation. It was also that he was trying to kill it for all of us. You've been Shyamalan. <laughs> not <laughs> only, not only, not only was this an embarrassing abortion of an adaptation, but also I killed season four. Um, also, I made glass. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so offensive is a late-term abortion. Wow. Wow. That's. I know you just. Said that's abortion. actually really good. And then yeah. <laughs> welcome back to the show, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Inappropriate. Uh, we're Your kids upsetting you that much, huh? <laughs> Thinking about abortion. How late can I get an abortion right now? No, he's just really excited because he hasn't seen James in a while. Oh, I feel like all my hopes for Disney live action films are are just flushing straight down the toilet. Okay, as this week we find out that when Will Smith comes out of the the genie bottle, he's going to rap for a bit, which sounds like so seeing so so cringeworthy that I almost don't want to watch it. Um, Is there rap in his movie? Yeah, but he was Robin Williams and funny and entertaining. <laughs> Inappropriate uh, black culture, whatever. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know that a medium... I don't know. There's a whole conversation so, there. What, what what movie are we talking He raps in Aladdin. Aladdin. Yes. What, what rap in Aladdin? I can't remember. It's really Oh, sad. I don't remember either. I was just, I he's, he's just... Yeah. He was 92. It's more that yeah. instead of singing... You know, there's gonna be, and I oh, think he's that, also uh, sort of singing. But no, it was really just that. Yeah, yeah. At CinemaCon this week, when they were um, Oscar unveiling Oscar a bunch of footage, <laughs> some of the footage was Will Smith rapping as a big blue CG monster. Um, okay, and I just don't. You know what? You, you know what? It's so hard. Be- that's what I haven't said um, because <laughs> you're going into. I think the genie might be Robin Williams' most iconic role. Oh and sure, and you're stepping into something where you, as where Will Smith is charming, he does oh, yeah. not have the comedic ability as Robin Williams. No, there's a very easy solution to this, which is you have to Heath Ledger that character and make them not the comedic backbone of the film. Agreed. Like, that character needs to be a genie, and then you need to go figure out how to make that movie good in some other way. If you go back and watch the original Aladdin. 90% of why a kid wa- wa- likes that movie is because of the genie. Yeah. So you need to go figure out how to make that movie good without the genie and, and you, then put a genie or, in it. And with the cartoon uh, Aladdin, I mean, the genie's not in it that much. No, but but he is everything you remember. Yeah. He's m- like half of the songs in that movie that are that are really good and catchy are genie songs. Like he has, 
He has two of them, right? I'd, I'd, I'd argue that a whole new world is a really good catchy song. Yeah, but so, I, I, I but I said half, right? Yeah. So like, of the three songs I can remember in that movie, and also you're forgetting Gilbert Gottfried's amazing performance as Iago. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you are. I'm not. All the credit to, <laughs> but yeah, I know too. And you know, the Jafar doesn't seem as cool. Oh, everything about that movie just seems a little off. The, the closer it gets, it in, the worse I feel. I have to see it in context, and I mean, it, it has to be better than Dumbo, right? <sighs> It's the whole thing that I, you know, I was such a huge, I remember walking out of Cinderella and thinking, this is such a great idea and I want more of these. And it was a great, it was a great dream for a while. Yeah. That's how I felt when I walked out of Jungle Book. And this year, as I get three more of them, I'm going, ah! What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, we also got a trailer for Joker. Oh, you mean Taxi Driver 2? I I am totally on board with this movie. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I said before the podcast, like, it's interesting to watch the DCU, like, suddenly become a really interesting uh, collection of films if you only look at the ones that don't have any of the Justice League in them. Like, well, it's, they're, they started going backwards where they're taking their biggest biggest properties and putting them together and they're making, you know, Man of Steel, then Justice League and yeah. Wonder Woman. And then they said, wait, this might not work. Let's do Aquaman and Shazam. And now we're going to put in the Joker. And you're so you're doing Iron Man, Thor, well, you know. But it's so confusing. Because, I mean, they're, they're treating it like comics, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike Marvel, where they're trying to have everything tie together and, and be part of a larger world. They're allowing their franchise to be like, well, we got this right over here doing Joker, and then we got this right over here also doing Joker. Yeah. Like, we're going to live in a world where two different friends, like... I guess we're just going to have Crisis on Infinite Earth soon. <laughs> that's basically what... They are literally creating the same tragic mess that is their comics history <laughs> uh, in film. Um, and it's fine, because sometimes it means that sometimes you get the killing joke even though it doesn't make sense in the version of the books of Batman that are making being made at the same time, right? Like it yeah. may not fit, but we get this really cool, crazy thing. Like this looks awesome. Yeah. Like this looks like one of those movies you're going to really, it looks like the Logan of their universe. Yeah, to and some I degree. mean, and one, you got one, a really great actor in Joaquin yeah. Phoenix playing Joker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found it interesting looking at that trailer. Like, I, I mean, I kid about it being Taxi Driver too. Although, that's kind of what it. Yeah, that's I mean, the that, thing. Like, and so maybe, that was in a pitch room at some point. Yeah, like, they it, clearly said and, that, which makes me wonder if that's why Scorsese was attached at one point. I don't know if he's still attached to producer or whatever, like because he was like an EP on it or something. But like, it's interesting to see, like, wow, this is is this the template for how you get like really interesting original ideas as if like well can it apply to an ip that already exists and then you get it out there because like if this movie isn't rated r i'll be kind of surprised no i'm pretty but, sure it is i think yeah, it's got mentioned it was going yeah. to be yeah all right so, guys welcome to the warner brothers production meeting everyone throw write your favorite movie on a piece of paper throw it in this hat and we're going to adapt these movies <laughs> oh shit to dc character holy movies, so. shit oh, all right that's a good one we can do that <laughs> taxi driver that'll work <laughs> you just um, hit it on the flash <laughs> we did that one and it made a shit ton of money <laughs> wow man yeah splash uh, 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 splash is what splash is Aquaman. it's not really or isn't it 
With, with no. DC, it? Aquaman. Oh. Yeah. No. Is it? Yeah. It's not is really Splash a... that like meandering and <laughs> 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 almost three no. hours long? No, no, no. <laughs> no. No. Fish no. out of water. No, Splash is badass. Yeah, Splash. You... Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Brad. <laughs> sorry, Brad. We should have said Aquamarine. Uh, aquamarine. I don't see, either. Yeah. The, oh, well, it's Splash. Dariana plays a mermaid, and she falls in love no with Tom one Hanks. Saw. So that and movie she, came out when I worked at Blockbuster. She can only stay on shore for so long. Working, well, okay, no. The Little Mermaid. Oh no, it was at the Blockbuster when I was still working at the theater, and I'd see it on the shelves and be like, "What the fuck's this shit?" <laughs> Actually, you're right. Little Mermaid is closer to Aquaman than that's Brad. Okay, yeah, there okay. you go. Yeah. Anyway, this is a, that's a that's really good, man. So what? What is Birds of Prey? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, they all, I, Nick was wondering. Top, top movie, gun. That's the, all yeah. they had is that little teaser so far. <laughs> the yeah. teaser of, looks like screen tests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll For the see. poster they photo are. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. Anyway, uh, that's news. Movies come out on Blu-ray. I don't think very good ones this week, but we'll talk about them. DVD releases and Blu-rays. At the top of the list is A Dog's Way Home. The Next. movie, the movie that didn't try to drown a dog. Aww. Based yeah. on Homeward Bound, based on the Incredible Journey. It keeps journey. annoying me on the YouTube ads. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, also on Blu-ray this week is On the Basis of Sex, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. Still need to see um, that. Yeah, I know. I almost rented it the uh, a couple weeks ago, but I saw something else. Yeah, which I'll talk about later. There you go. Uh, Welcome to Marwin, which is that man. I wanted to, and then I saw reviews. Yeah, Brad. He was it. very disappointed. Brad saw it. Yeah, I watched it. It's fine. Okay, maybe I'll rent it. It's it's interesting. Cool. I like Different. interesting. Uh, Holmes and Watson, is that on Blu-ray this week? I saw that one. It's uh, interesting. It's different. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Could have been something. Could have been interesting. <laughs> uh, the, oh, shoot. I meant to check on whether or not this was... I don't know. There's an anime called Mirai that I meant to check and see whether or not... It looks like a Ghibli, but it, uh, but it doesn't say on the cover. So it might be. It's got the lead of uh, the new Cowboy Bebop Netflix series in it. Oh, you didn't remind me. I just remembered. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, it doesn't say whether or not it's Studio Ghibli, that. but it's some kind of anime movie called Mirai. Maybe sorry. check it out. Uh, there's also a first season oh. of something called yeah. Project Blue Book. I don't know what this is, uh, but it's got aliens. So maybe that's a thing. Uh, then from Criterion this week is uh, Stranger Than Paradise. The Jim Jarmusch movie and Night Jim. on Earth. Night on Earth. Yeah, it's a different movie from Criterion. I don't know. I'm just, I, don't know. I only am reading it out loud because it's from Criterion. Oh, yeah. Moving no. on. Um, I know who Jim Jarmusch is. From Chef. Uh, no, the first movie was Jim Jarmusch. Okay. And I already closed it. Don't remember what it was. Right. You can rewind the podcast if you want to find out. Sweet, I will. You're not going to buy it. Uh, out this week from Shout Factory with a really awesome title. Uh, <laughs> is the legend of the seven golden vampires, uh, nice. which has a pretty nice. fucking dope. It's a, yeah, it's a kung cover. fu vampire movie. Yeah, this looks great. I heard they like tried a long time to get, oh, and I I don't know. Is this under Scream or Shout? Scream. Uh, it's oh, a okay, Hammer. It, it, I'm assuming it's a Hammer movie because Hammer it's, Horror. Hammer Dragon Horror. Thrills. Dragon Thrills. Dragon the first thrill? kung fu horror spectacular. This looks like fun. Yeah. There are three exclamation marks on this on this cover, Done. and not in a row. So that's pretty great. Uh, and then out this week from Arrow, 
and an almost better title, the iguana, the iguana with the tongue of fire. Nice. Uh, which does not have as good of a t- of a cover, um, but it does have a pretty damn good title. That's pretty great. Uh, and then the very last thing out on Blu-ray this week, the real the real star of the show is 1974's Emmanuel. Oh shit! And then Emmanuel two, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Oh 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 yeah! Goodbye, Emmanuel, yeah. which is the Emmanuel three title. Um, but they don't have Emmanuel in space, which is the only one that we had at my blockbuster. <laughs> um, if you want to watch sex, sex two and so, sex three. <laughs> if you'd like to watch some soft por- softcore pornography from the seventies, yeah, you can get all three of the original Emmanuel films on Blu-ray now. Uh, apparently, at one I don't from I, Kino Lober. I'm trying to remember. I believe I heard like um, in an interview recently that they showed like a what, bunch Kellen? of them at the, mu- uh, at the New Beverly. Butts, the butts kissing yeah, the butts. butt. Butts in the butt. Butts kissing the butts. Oh, okay. But yeah, you no. This guy a stand-up I mean, show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. They're they're sexploitation films from oh, back yeah, in the seventies. Yeah. Um, like, but they do have a okay. they have a European uh, reputation to them. Like, where job, they have like there's like there's an aura of class to them that I'm not. Too familiar oh, yeah, with, so. yeah. They're they're. <laughs> I have seen an Emmanuel movie. I just don't remember which fucking one. So. Oh, uh, yeah. No, they're they're that. They don't remember the title. <laughs> they're the star. Uh, I bet it was probably Emmanuel and then something. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Emmanuel in waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think about when it's like seventies porn is a waterbed. Yeah. Wait, who's Manuel? All, <laughs> all, all I think about is, uh, um, is is Rocky just doing this yeah. in a circle with yeah. some other dudes, dude. Like, it, I mean, it's it be the, it, I don't know. It seems to be the most notable of those ones that you would find in those. Like, I bought those box sets, like those Grindhouse box sets after Grindhouse came out, where it's like these are the ones that Tarantino selects and whatnot. And that, I mean, it it made me get the get the box set. I didn't watch all of them. Like there were some good action ones in there. And okay, you got to pick out this, this box set that I have. Ryan, I, yeah. I have to apologize in advance because I have to make this joke because I thought of it. Okay, but the only thing I think of when I think of seventies like sex exploitation films <laughs> is Ryan's wife. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay because they're still in our. So we have like <laughs> a DVD so section. I, I went and saw um, the Italian, Italian Stallion with Laura like uh, 10 years ago. We have that DVD if anybody wants to. No one it. should see that piss poor movie. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's sitting on my shelf. Ugh. Hey, there was this 3D. Gr- uh, <laughs> yeah, with dicks coming right hey, at you. Hey, Ryan, can you give me that back, man? There's just. <laughs> you know, I needed to pay rent. And- <laughs> An adult film seemed like a good idea. I'm trying and to I, self-finance this movie called Rocky that I want to do. <laughs> That's a movie I really want to do. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't appreciate you making fun of my debut. <laughs> oh, uh, mentally regular or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go feed my turtles now. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's Blu-rays. Yeah. We also watch movies yes, we that do. we're going to tell you about and movies we watch throughout the week that we're going to tell you about. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I'll start with this one. Uh, I went to the Alamo Movie Club for the first time in a long time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a movie called Knife Plus Heart, which <gasps> I saw as a poster at the Alamo, and I, thought, I was like, oh, that girl looks like Charlize Theron, so it's like some European movie that she did and, you know, mm-hmm. sucked, so they didn't release it. <laughs> yeah. But the Alamo picked wow. it up, and it is not that. <laughs> it's... um. 
if you want to see a movie where a guy gets fucked in the face with a dildo and then that dildo becomes a switchblade. <laughs> I had no idea wait, you were going to say that. Wait, wait, wait. First, nope. But yeah, okay. Is it? Okay, first answer this. Is it Charlie Theron? No. Um, there are no known stars in this movie. It is very French. Um, it's like um, <laughs> Brad's Brad definition of French I've heard of, I've is heard, knife dildo in the face. Um, I've heard the, I've heard it mentioned on a couple <laughs> horror podcasts. So it's it's a horror film, right? Or it's a horror or mystery thriller. thriller. Oh, okay. um, the the host called it a uh, queer murder mystery. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so there's this woman. Uh, she's a porn director, and uh, her she's in a relationship with her editor. And then, meanwhile, there is all the guys in her gay porn. Uh, someone's murdering them. This it ah. sounds like you're telling the story of how the movie got made, not the movie <laughs> itself. Uh, There's this female director. She's having an affair with her editor. Now, now I remember the the podcast that I heard talked about this said that it's actually based on a porno. And at one festival, they showed Knife Plus Heart and the porno it was inspired by afterward. So okay. that's penis in heart. <laughs> Brad's the only one who's seen it. Brad, so like, what? What? what did you like it or not? Uh, not really. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> beyond it just being sh- shockingly and uh, you know, just being shocking, it was like hard to follow anyway. Okay. Um. Yeah, I does, don't know. Does the guy? Does the guy make it? Make it through the 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 dildo blade? No, he, he oh, dies. God. It goes through the back of his neck. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, he just really, got fucked. That's a really rigid dildo. <laughs> well, it's a switchblade, so <laughs> oh, that's true. There's like right. a six-inch blade inside that's an already true. like eight-inch dildo. So, <laughs> so <laughs> fourteen inches of death. <laughs> so, so many know, technical and he was, specs. Uh, he just did, like did heroin, so he was. It, he, there was no consent. Um, you know, someone took advantage of him. So mm. there's that too. Mm. Okay. Man, this that sounds yeah, awful. It, it's bleak and weird and. <sighs> not not for me. I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um the next thing I saw uh at the Alamo was The Field Guide to Evil. I saw is, a trailer for that. I wanted to see that. Um I kept like it, it's an anthology horror film much like in the vein of uh The ABCs of Death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. except for this one, you know, the the next movie will come up and be like, oh, another one." So <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty great. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of short. Like they're not even scary. The the American one's probably the worst one. Um, they're they're films from all over the world. Uh, but they're just kind of like too short to really go anywhere. Mm. Um, and they often end with some ambiguous ending that you're like, what? Like where'd that come from? So yeah, happens a lot in foreign horror. Okay, they like they're not very um, literal, I guess. Yeah, which you know. It's, it's subtext, guys. I, I I couldn't if they were trying for more. I I can't figure out what it was. I don't so. know. I haven't I haven't read any reviews for it, so I wasn't like sure if I was gonna go or not. But I mean, I also didn't know when did, Alamo was gonna. I'm sorry. Play did you it. mention ABCs of Death? Because as like what it's like. Yeah. But it, it feels like hey, can we squeeze one more of these anthology gotcha. films out? Because um, on ABCs of Death, you'd be like, oh, this one sucks. This one sucks. This one sucks. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. This one sucks. This one sucks. Yeah. Plus, those are like. There's 26 of them, so they're really, really short. Whereas these, I don't know, there are probably like 10 of them. Being being forced to be shorter makes them actually like not. They they don't try to achieve anything, so they don't have like 
the expectations are not as high. Like the best ones you remember and the worst ones you just completely forget about. Right. Yeah. Um, and okay. they wa- they waste less of your time if yeah, they're shorter. Whereas this where, is yeah. like they're all long, so you're just like. Yeah. How many are there? I, think there's, there's, I mean, it felt like there's 20, but it's probably like 10. Okay. Um, and most of them are kind of the same idea where there's like some dark force possessing people or convincing people to do things or um mm. yeah so okay uh, cool. yeah the field guide to evil did you see anything good this week brad <laughs> <laughs> our headliner movie uh spoilers for that review um on netflix um i rewatched pineapple express and observant report great uh and deuce of hazard which are I liked Observe and Report more than I saw it the second time. I like two of the titles you just mentioned. Yeah, Pineapple Express. Uh, I hadn't seen it since the theater. I didn't like it when it came out, yeah. and this is nothing much has changed. It's yeah. like definitely, I guess if you're into pot culture, it makes yeah. more sense. Um, Observe and Report is also weird, but the only like the part where the guy's running nude through the mall and then. Seth Rogen just comes out and shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> Remind Anna Ferris. Like, that's the most, like, creative and interesting part yeah. of the movie. Like, you're like, oh, shit. Um, and then The Dukes of Hazard. I hadn't seen the theater. And it's still kind of fun, but it's just, like, yeah. it's from that era. Yeah, it's a, definitely a, a fun, forgettable comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. adaptation of a TV show yeah. that they're like, hey, let's just get, like. I'm Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. And this is Dukes of Hazard. Because I doubt that <laughs> yeah. Dukes of Hazard TV show had a lot of, like, people getting hit in the face with phone books or, you know, <laughs> there's probably more of a plot. <laughs> yeah. Man, remember when Jessica Simpson was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was fun when you just stopped it. That's a way to eat yourself out of a career. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow. No, that was mean. <laughs> oh, to, to be fair, people stopped listening to her once she didn't know what tuna was. <laughs> Uh, the last that was a show. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That Jenna. woman let people into what her house. What was the name of uh, Jessica Simpson's show? Oh, I don't know. The Simpsons of Love. <laughs> <laughs> Three in a house on our way to divorce. But I remember it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, was, that was when MTV was making money. Hmm. Uh, the last thing I watched on Netflix was Unicorn Store, which is oh. Brie Larson's directing thing, which oddly oh. enough has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Oh, nice. uh, they're best friends. I, I don't know if you've heard. Um, They've done at least two movies together. It's three, awesome. Kong Skull Island. Wait, so what oh, was the second? What was the second one? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. What was the first one? Unicorn Store. Uh, so Unicorn Store. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're counting this one. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. All right. Um, and that's like, I don't know. It's just kind of about this girl who, um, is really into like rainbow make like art that's rainbows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cute. Uh, but then, you know, she, I guess she has her art thesis and then they reject her art. So she goes to press, goes back to live with her parents um, and then just kind of finds her way, gets invited to this this store that's called the Unicorn Store that Samuel Jackson's running um, and tells her like, hey, if you do this stuff, you know, I'll give you you'll get a unicorn at the end of it. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, and so she uh, starts befriending people like, hey, I, you know, I need to make a stable for my unicorn that i'm gonna have but she can't tell people it's unicorn yet so she has to convince them to like do the stuff um and then by the end of it's really about like um moving on from the stuff that like got you through like growing up yeah um and like moving on in your life so it's it's interesting but it's not really like too memorable okay it's on netflix i'll check it yeah, out. it's it's kind of like this heightened reality thing where um mm. Like the dialogue is really like quirky in in places and yeah, 
And then, uh, the last thing I saw was at the drive-in, which is Incident Romantic. Um, so check that out. What, did you what is that? That's the uh, what's her name? It's Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Oh yay! Um, romantic comedy that's making fun of romantic comedies, which does that pretty well, uh, poking fun at all those tropes. Um, and at the end, it's about it all builds up to loving yourself instead of like trying to find someone else to. Because you, if you don't love yourself, you can never love anybody else. I learned that from the movie I Feel Pretty. Cool. No, I didn't. Mm. Um, I own that movie. It's I not I, bad. I've never. I haven't seen it yet. Henry says it's good. That's a, that's a good movie. Yeah. Um. Shoot. There was like one, like one really good joke that I can't remember what it was, but it, it rides this weird line of like being really raunchy in places mm-hmm. and then being traditionally romantic comedy safe. Um. I can't remember. What don't it was they make a, oh. Don't they make a joke that is like, and it's PG thirteen. Oh, you mean it's no. train wreck. I didn't see train wreck. So hmm. I don't, yeah. Um. Yeah. That's all I watched this week. Zach. Cool. Uh, I watched a couple things. Um, I rewatched a documentary called The Dawn of Sound, um, which is basically about how the films went from the silent period all into the talking period and kind of like the in-between where some movies were like part talky, part uh, silent. Um, and that's always an interesting watch. Um, I'm trying to look into like how they were able to balance out musical sequences in these silent films and like basically what constituted entertainment from the from 1929 up to around 1931 that's like this weird mid period where Fucking. the silent films died out <laughs> no the Hayes code made sure that wasn't happening no. Ryan. <laughs> at, that, at that time all naked women had to not move <laughs> i just wondered statues. how Hayes like saw all these movies you know oh, i'm fairly sure he didn't i'm pretty sure of course was, he didn't no yeah it's just, he only watched the naughty bits. Don't, don't get me started on wh- the Hayes Code and this retro, this this historical thing that pisses me off. We won't. <laughs> um, rewatch Psycho. Um, pretty classic film. I don't uh, know if you've ever heard. Uh, which Alfred one? Hitchcock's okay. Psycho. Yes. <laughs> Not Gus Van Sant's Psycho. Although I do have that on Scream Factory edition, and I may rewatch it again at some point. The full title is Gus Van Sant's Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. <laughs> David Gordon Green's John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, um, I I had never seen it on Blu-ray before, though, and on my TV, it looks fucking incredible. It looks like it was shot yesterday. Cool. It's it's amazing. Um, and uh, I like re-watching that film. Like, no matter how many times I watch that film, Anthony Perkins disarms me, so then I get caught in the trap of like, oh, no, he's the killer. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though I know it th- throughout the whole time, I'm just like, I don't want it to be him. Can yeah. it not be him? Can he just be a nice guy who makes sandwiches for friends? Yeah, go right ahead, bud. Um, so, yeah, uh, I rewatched that. Um, were we going to hold off on the remake of Pet Cemetery, Brad? Okay, then never mind. I won't talk about it, but I did see that. Um, I rewatched a movie called, or watched a movie for the first time called Motel Hell, uh, which is a scream factory that I found at my work. Um, and, uh, this, the story is farmer Vincent and his sister Ida, um, have, uh, uh, they smoke meats that they sell at the hotel that they run. Uh, and the meats are come from people who they, uh, kidnap off the side of the road come from people <laughs> and plant in their garden and plants in their garden to make it like, so everything's buried except for their heads. They slash their, like they, they cut their vocal cords so yep. that the only, so they can't make any sounds. And then they leave I their heads do. sticking out of the ground so they can fatten them up and then hypnotize them with psychedelic lights so that when, because he believes to kill them, they have to be sanitary or like, or, or like um, humane about it. So he, hypnotizes the people who are in the ground with psychotronic lights or whatever 
so that when he puts a noose around him and pulls them, it pulls the nooses with his tractor, it breaks all their necks at once. Um, and then he puts them in the truck, and then they skin them, and then they smoke them in the smoker. Why work so hard? If you're gonna be crazy, don't work so hard. Here's my problem with this film, and I know. And before I say this, Ryan, you were right. This movie is just silly fun, and we should just leave it at that. This film takes itself too seriously at times that it doesn't become a horror movie or a comedy. There's a I'm dude like, who's wearing a pig head who fights with a chainsaw. See, and end. that happens at the end, and it's amazing. That sounds cool. Um, but like, it, it's writing this line between dark comedy and um, yeah. and horror film that I don't think it straddles correctly. Whereas, you know, like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a wonderfully scary film, but it is also a comedy. Uh, and the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a full-on comedy that has horrific elements in it. And those films do it really well because Toby Hooper's a solid director. Whoever's directing this, I don't I think he I think it's literally just I'm shooting the script as it is. There's no real style to it. I will say that the visuals of the guys in the garden are terrifying. I that was one of the things like when I saw it on the poster, I'm like, oh that looks like I don't like buried alive shit. So like that like freaked me out a little bit, but then when you watch it, you're just like, "Oh, this is adorable!" Like they're just like, "It's adorable." Yeah, it, it is pretty adorable. I'm that not gonna lie. Zach's like... weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, bury me alive, Brad. Do it. Yeah. But no, I mean, like it, it, it's it's fine. Like I would rewatch it, but it is like also it's an hour and forty minutes, and it drags. Um, but I like the gal playing Ida, the sister. She's insane and crazy. The only thing I remember for her from is Porky's. Um, and it's Rory Calhoun plays Farmer Vincent, and uh, he's he's fine in it. I mean, I, there's times where I wish he'd be a little bit more diabolical, but like the whole point of the character is that he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so like I, I did like the last line where he's just like, "I'm the biggest hate hypocrite in the world. I used preservatives." <laughs> <laughs> I just I lost my shit with that one. It, um, it's a weird movie, and it's it's hard for to recommend because I mean I really like it, but it's so weird yeah but it's not so violent that no. i don't think james wouldn't get a kick out of it but no it's i don't know it's hard to recommend well the the ending is i like it when they all get out of the ground though and they like go after the sister and whatnot and they're just like basically they're zombies because their throats are cut so they can't so all they're doing is like gargling like it's this weird gargle sound like they make because their vocal cords have been cut but Anyway, Motel Hell, um, not the best horror movie in the world. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the best horror movies in the world, though, Night of the Living Dead. I rewatched that in on my 4K TV with the Criterion one. Edition. Um, that movie's still fucking amazing. Uh, I was just marveling at Dwayne Jones's performance oh, yeah. in that movie when he's um, talking in front of the fireplace. Is amazing. Yeah. Uh, consequently, though, um, I wanted a break from all the depressing stuff, so I rewatched Night of the Living Dead right after it with the Riff Tracks commentary, um, which. I'm not always down for like making fun of classic films, but they did it pretty well. Um, the uh, um, I can never remember his name, but it's the dad character um, uh, who's got his family in the basement. Harold. Harold. Yeah. So Harold. Uh, Harold. Like he keeps like getting so angry throughout. They make it a running joke in the riff tracks. And at one point, there is a shot where Harold looks towards the camera, but not right in the camera. And Mike Nelson just goes, "Stupid audience, why are you watching?" Um, and then, uh, it, it just, it, it was a fun one. Uh, I, I have a hard time with the, uh, watching those. And I mean, Corinne sent me a, th a link for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse honest trailers. Uh, and I can't, I can't watch that stuff. Oh, Rift, Rift tracks is better than honest trailers. Mm. Um, well, honest trailer couldn't think of anything negative to, yeah. they, they just 
You gushed over it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for which one? Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I rewatched The Exorcist, uh, which still a great film. Uh, I I like that film. Uh, one of the reasons I real realized rewatching it, uh, those those priests drink, smoke, and curse, and it's pretty funny. Um, because when I was growing up and going to church, none of my pastors did that. So, you know, not that I knew of. <laughs> mm. um, but anyway, and then the last thing I watched was uh, I went through Eli Roth's um, History of Horror series on AMC. It's good. Uh, it's all available on Shutter. So I I binged that whole thing in a night. Um, I liked it for the most part. Um, I really liked the zombie episode up until the last ten minutes. I don't remember and it's, refresh. It's primary. It's primarily because I don't really watch The Walking Dead, and it was a lot of talking about The Walking Dead. There are three of those shows now. Yeah, that show is going to have new episodes every week from like I must confess Memorial Day to the fall. I must confess, I want to re. I want to try to watch The Walking Dead now because I've only seen like the first couple of episodes of the first season. Sure. And I oh, the first it. few seasons of the real show were great. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, but. I, Fear the Walking Dead has five seasons already. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It but uh, the slasher, the slashers have two parts on it, and uh, one of the funniest moments is Eli Roth giving Stephen King a uh, uh, an action figure from Maniac. Uh, I thought that was adorable. Hmm. Uh, and you hear, and you, they had to bleep it out, but you hear Stephen King going, "Oh fuck, nice." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and then they did uh, vampires, um, ghosts, and. Uh, movie monsters and stuff like that. They did a lot about Guillermo del Toro. I wish they had gotten Guillermo del Toro on the show. Cool. Um, there's nothing really like it, super weird about it. Like I will say though, like they talked a little bit about Eli Roth's contribution to it, which is fine. You know, like he, he is a contributor to the, I guess you'd call it the torture porn era, but like, I, I just call it. I slasher. would. They're just slasher films. No, they're, they're torture porn. Eh. Mm. There's, <laughs> I, I, it reminded me of like the there. I mean, I, I don't know about Saw and whatnot, but like Hostel is a full on commentary on like the the culture at the time, whether 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 people want to admit it or not. That's oh, um, fine. It can still be torture porn. Yeah, I mean, you well, know, yes, it, it it leans heavily into that. But like, they, I wish they had elaborated it on it more. But maybe like somebody can do a documentary on that period of time where we were kind of like upping the ante on the violence, like in a seventies type way. Yeah. Um, cause like, I mean, Rob Zombie, like Rob Zombie barely talked in the fucking documentary. That was the one thing that f- upset me is like, they didn't really talk about his contribution to it. Like, I mean, Devil's mm-hmm. Rejects is a solid contribution to the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but is he, yeah, he's more of a fan. Like he's speaking as a fan more often than not in the, in the series, which right. is fine. I mean, like they talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they were like, he was like, that's the world I want to live in. And I'm like, yeah, I, f- I figured that by the movies you've made. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and they, you know, they talk a lot about a bunch of other stuff. But I mean, it was it was fun to um, uh, sit down and like just go through that whole thing. Wish they had talked more about international horror, but that's whatever. Um, so yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool, James. Uh, I I rewatched the Place Beyond the Pines, um, which is still great, and is the I, as I was watching it this time, uh, it's the Ryan Gosling, uh, Bradley Cooper movie. It's Derek Sean Francis film, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was as I was watching it, I was thinking, like, man, this is really, like, the crime epic that I think other people think that Martin Scorsese movies are. But, like, this is really a very intelligent movie about 
crime and violence and and it has something really important to say i still haven't um, seen it so i'll have to borrow oh, it from shit, you so that so i can good. uh tell you you're wrong but <laughs> no no i'm very right i mean it, it, it is it is a movie that i mean it is basically a it's almost like an anthology film um mm-hmm. that just goes through sort of these three little stories okay um and it's one of those things that like when you sit down ready for a three-hour drama that's quiet and about it's crime three hours long Pretty much, yeah. It's like wow. two and a half, two forty, something like that. Um, oh, apparently it's only two twenty, but man, it feels like three hours <laughs> because it. I mean, it, it, there is a lot of just slowness to it, and then there will suddenly be a crime sequence where they rob a bank, and then it'll slow down again. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's great. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, I also rewatched Get Out, uh, which was mostly, uh, which is still great. Um, and better than I remembered, mostly in a response to the fact that I went and saw Us, um, okay. because a week and a, after we did our podcast, or after I was on the show with you guys, where you guys talked about it, mm-hmm. and then I went home and I talked to, I brought it up with Brooks, and she was like, "Oh, I, I would go see that." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So she and I went and saw it, um, and that movie sucks. Um, <laughs> that uh, it's too bad because the first two acts are great. The first two thirds of that movie are. Like a really solid, if if maybe overhyped horror movie, um, that's like really entertaining. The first two thirds are probably better than Get Out, um, and then everything from <sighs> everything in the third act, from when they go downstairs, mm-hmm. undermines everything good about that movie to the point that when I left, I was like, man, everything you could have used that movie to say is ruined um and it took me to, like it was one of those things where like i i had to I, brad was actually at the theater so i walked out and brooks and i are, are standing there and brad's sitting there waiting to go see dumbo uh which I, for the record i'm sure he had it worse off than i did um but the <laughs> but uh dumbo didn't ask a lot of me so fair so i walk out of the movie and i didn't want to like i was like man i gotta go now I needed to go read stuff or watch videos about us or something, not because I didn't understand it. Like I was pretty sure I got it, and I was afraid that I got it because I really wanted somebody to explain something different to me and tell me that I was stupid. Because instead, I, I, I like, and sure enough, like if you go watch like the Wisecrack video that they did on us, where literally here's some guys who have like studied philosophy for a long time and they started and they're like, yeah, we've seen this movie like seven times. We can't quite figure it out yet. And it's not because the movie's that smart. It's because the movie undermines itself so constantly. Um, and it's really unfortunate if, if the end of that movie, if none of the basement stuff happened and literally that movie just ended and then did the second twist, which I, I saw coming, but is a good twist. Yeah. I would have just been like, man, this is, that's a good horror movie. What a nice little interesting twilight zoney horror movie. Let's move on. And then it would have had all the same themes and motifs and it would have been something you could have applied to something. And then as soon as you try to, uh, it's like a twilight zone episode where at the end they try to explain what the twilight zone is. Mm. And I was like, like, cut the whole opening card off of that movie and cut the third act and go home like then that movie is great but everything in the basement is just frustratingly bad um and so yeah it it took me like a week before i was like yeah no i'm pretty positive that movie is bad um anyway sorry zach 
That's so, just like your opinion, Zach, man. put the knife down. <laughs> uh, but a movie that he is great. It's like he's tethered to James. I mean, great, great. Like, so good everyone should watch it is If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah, uh, that is a Which great I rented, movie. and man, is that movie fantastic. Yeah. Like, really simple little premise, not a whole lot of plot going on, um, but the drama, the acting, the way it's written is so good. It's kind of going over a stretch of time, so it's not like... Yeah. It's not... It's, but it's really just about sort of the, these two characters and then the families around them. Yeah, it's it, um, it felt more like about tiny moments than anything yeah. too important for an totally, art structure. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I, I've never read the book by James Baldwin. Um, in fact, like... Oh, the forgotten is, Baldwin brother. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know what sucks about being Baldwin? Nothing. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, when, when Henry and I saw it, I was, I was taken aback by just, like, how it was keeping me engaged through what was it. It, it, felt, like a, it felt like I was reading a poem. Or totally. Like something like, like just yeah. Like I was just feeling I was, but feeling not in the, a not on a highfalutin like heady way. Just no, in like a beautifully like, written. Like just someone really like pouring their passionate. heart out on a page, yeah. and then like and then putting it on a screen. But yeah. like because like the the most storyish scene in the film is the scene that gets Regina King her Oscar. Um, but it's be- yes, only because yes. it's the only one that's filled with plot stuff. Yeah, it's the only time where a character is trying to do something. Yeah. Which is weird. So anyway, let me yeah, roll anyway, back. Go, 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 go. So it's the story of a young black woman who, um, she's, I don't know, 17, 18, something like that. Yeah, she's very um, young. She's you know, you know, young, but on the edge of being an adult, sort of. Um, finds out she's pregnant. Her boyfriend has recently been accused, uh, or the father of the baby, um, has recently been accused of a crime and is currently in prison yeah. and they're trying to figure out how to get him out. Yeah. And I mean the first 40 ish minutes, maybe maybe 30 minutes mm-hmm. is really just like her telling her parents and worrying about it. And then her telling his parents and all of that drama. And you get like these two wildly different reactions that if the movie had ended there, I'd have been like, this is one of the best movies. Yeah. It was just so well acted and and so like you you so give a shit about these characters, even though like the state like I mean the stakes are high. The right. stakes are their lives. But we're not watching something crazy. There's not a lot of plot going on, right? It's it is a very real life little situation. I feel like um, that film does something that I haven't um felt in a while. I mean, other than maybe Moonlight where it puts you in the position of those characters both culturally and just on a personal level. Yeah. And you have to sit with that. Yeah. Um like I mean it's I mean like I say I don't I'm I'm other than I am not your negro the documentary that came out I was not really familiar with James Baldwin and like Right. And I haven't read the book but like it it puts you in the position of feeling what those characters feel on like all sorts of levels so that by the time you walk out of that final shot it's both a gut punch and like somehow you feel like things could be okay. Yeah. But like you have to not deny the surrounding right. stuff going on in that final it is, shot. It is both a heartbreaking and beautifully romantic little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's wonderful. I wish I had seen yeah. it before film explosion. Cause it would have made it on there easily. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's, that's also true. It would have been one of my top 10 last year. Um, so anyway, uh, that's everything I watch. I'm also watching a lot of Game of Thrones, um, nice. and it's still okay. <laughs> so yeah, okay, like right? 
Uh, not too much. I rewatched Pet Cemetery '89 Ooh. Um, because I've I've never been a really big fan of it, and watching it again, I'm I actually like it a little more than I remember. I was a big tra- fan of that trailer when when Zach made us unfortunately watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's still just a, a shad too cheesy for me. Right. <laughs> yeah, a shad, a, a tad too cheesy for me. Um, but I, you know, there's still some parts in it. Then in Actually, I appreciated it more. I read an interview with Stephen King on Entertainment Week or EntertainmentWeekly.com dot com, mm-hmm. where he talked about the reason he wrote Pet Cemetery it was a fulfillment of his original contract with his first publishing company. Yeah, and he didn't want to write it. And they said, "Well, if you don't, when you die, it's going to affect your estate and all your children." So, he, so he was Shit. well because they would. What's go, this deal? Well, he no, signed the, a deal with the devil. Well, here. no, the <laughs> publishing company would go after the royalties. Sure, yeah, yeah. And the publishing so, company's Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, you should just fulfill your contract with yeah. them. And he says, "All right, so I'm going to write the most depressing, fucked up thing I can think of." And he wrote Pet Cemetery. So the story behind it's a little more interesting. Um, and the the movie's there. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Um, it's got Fred Quinn in it. It's yeah. already it's, uh, it's already okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny that then he didn't want to write the book, but then wrote the script for the movie adaptation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he it's a really great article. You should really read but, it because he, he he when he's talking about he oscillates about how it was came from such a dark place. He ended up enjoying sure. the process. Well, it's interesting just because I mean Stephen King's never been a man to turn down a check. So um, yeah. Do, so do you think the studio um, that a studio went up to him and said? Okay, Steven, if you don't finish Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> your future. He's like, hang on, let me get into some more Coke, and I'll be good to go. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, all these cars are going to attack people. Yeah. Um, and so, a, kid, a kid ran up and went, man, I really like Cujo. And he goes, what's that book? I've never heard of that book. You know what? I haven't watched the movie, but they talked about it on the AMC series, and I would love to watch that movie now. Yeah, like, so it's, uh-huh. a, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, I also I missed a horror film last year called The Possession of Hannah Grace, and I thought the premise looked interesting. It's about a woman who dies during an exorcism and her corpse is still possessed by the demon. Whoa. And so it's raising hell in the morgue. What which, happens if which, the exorcist wins? <laughs> yeah, so we, you, the premise is awesome. When you watch the movie, you're like, hmm, I've seen every single one of these scares. I've seen every single one of these premises. I've seen all of, every single one of these tropes. When's this movie from? Uh, last November. Oh, okay. Um, so in it, this girl named Hannah Grace dies in an exorcism and her body is sent to a morgue three months later why uh yeah well you, you find out eventually paperwork um, <laughs> so the the morgue attendant is this uh cop who was suspended because she has a drug problem because she was on a scene and she froze and her partner got killed i don't know whatever and then she's so she didn't work and her boyfriend broke up with her and so now she's in this morgue that has really like high ceilings and the <laughs> and it's all it looks like um something from space for the ghost to float too, yeah so. <laughs> well so it looks like demolition really man good. where it's all like concrete <laughs> sure and really it just doesn't look i mean i've been to morgues it doesn't look like that um and it's just it's just really dumb and you know to me the the body contortion and the the, gr- the grudge of it all. Yeah, is is it's not scary. Sure. And the you can tell the director was bored because he doesn't do anything interesting with the shots. So he'll he'll do a shot where <laughs> to set up the camera. Do the scene over there. Yeah. Well, there'll be a scene so they'll have the actor in the foreground and they'll have Hannah Grace like crawling on the ceiling. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it just you're like, whatever, who cares? 
And and then the ending, it's really wait, 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 wait. But she's crawling on a really high ceiling. That is, so it's cool. that is true. But so in this morgue too, the they have um <laughs> like motion sensors. I just wish, I just wish you were watching the theater, so like you you just blurt out like yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this morgue has seen it. Uh, <laughs> just arms crossed, like <laughs> no. shaking his head. Not, the last exorcism did it. Um, <laughs> you know, so this morgue has motion censored lights, and and I go, why? Uh, so you don't in case of fire, because they, they saw Halloween a month earlier. But they no no. So but they <laughs> to make save a, energy on their electricity they bill, Ryan. Like po- no, they you would, use but, both hands to carry bodies. So. They, they also have red lights everywhere, so it doesn't make any sense. Because the ghosts don't trip the sensors. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> so that's why it's scary. So uh-huh. there's like this. So there's about fifty establishing scenes of her entering a room and waving her hands for the lights to turn on. <laughs> Which hey, but, at least that's realistic to real motion sensor lights. Yeah, but there's parts where she's like walking down a hole, and then the lights turn on and there's nobody there. <laughs> and she, she she goes back and watches the security footage because she gets a pass code from the dudes who are like security guards, and she gets like what? And there's like this blurry part, and it looks like Hannah Grace is walking, and she goes back to her like storage locker where the body is and the body's still there but it's healing and people are dying guys it's stupid is there a scene in which she is in the bathroom on the toilet and she's a little constipated and takes her a little bit longer and then the lights <laughs> shut off while she's in there so, and she can't wave her arms higher than the stall to I'll get t- them to turn back on so now she's just pooping in the dark no but i will tell you there is a scene in the bathroom where the hand dryer turns on and there's nobody well, there. Well, that just <gasps> happens sometimes. Yes. And then there's like this rubber band ball that rolls underneath when she's in the stall. And this hand grabs it. But they didn't have rubber bands back then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's so dumb. <laughs> ah, cheap children's toy. Ah! And, you know, you know, I, I, because I'm a police officer, I you know, some things bother me when I watch stuff now. But I can watch Lethal Weapon or Beverly Hills Cop. Like, oh, that's fun. Who cares? And this one, she gives the fingerprints from the corpse of Anna Gray, Hannah Grace mm-hmm. and she gives them to her ex-boyfriend who's the cop and she says will you run these downtown and tell me who this is that's not how it fucking works <laughs> yeah as soon as you die your fingerprints fall off everybody knows that <laughs> they send them to whatever place it is and it takes six months for it to come back um, hey Ryan I need yeah. access to this uh, safety deposit box can you run these prints and tell me who they are so I can yes. find all the info that I need for uh, that okay good thank you Alfred E. Newman cool. um, the diamonds will be mine soon guys so yeah it is I I gave it I think two stars because there's like some cool like deaths. Sure, that's it. Yep, you gave it two stars because the premise was good and the ceilings yep. were high. Yeah, exactly. Um, Th- that better be the review on Letterbox. Premise it, good, ceilings high. Finn. <laughs> uh, for uh, my Cary Grantness this week, I saw um, his Royal Grantness. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kiss Him for Me, which uh, stars James Manfield with Cary Grant. Ooh, and they are got a Mansfield one. Nice. Yeah, they're uh, Navy guys on shore leave. Mm-hmm. And so they're just throwing a bunch of swinging parties at this hotel in San Francisco. Like you do. Um, and if you're a swinger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, swinging in the military. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Um, there's some – There's so all these movies – I watched three Grant movies this week, and a lot of them were kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this one – he so it's really kind of um, a silly comedy – and then 
there's a senator there that wants Grant to give a speech and say, you know, hey, this is what the guys are fighting for. And so then Grant says, well, why would I say that? Why would I want to go back to a war where people are dying and it gets really serious? Yeah. And he won't speak because he doesn't want to glorify uh, the deaths of his friends and stuff like that. So it goes like this really hard drama. And then it goes back to them. Hey, we're all partying. It's it's not like it's a bad movie. It's just weird. Yeah. Because um, the tone's really all over the place. And Jane, Jane Mansfield is no Marilyn Monroe. She's kind of annoying. Um, she well well uh, in her, look, in, 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 yeah <laughs> in, in Jane Mansfield's defense she she has a camp quality that's interesting to yeah watch. well I, I was reading a little bit about this movie and uh, the studio fired her and they blamed her for it being a box office failure and yeah. she didn't work for a couple years no yeah I, th- it wouldn't surprise they're, me they're like really ruthless back then um, her story is even it's more almost like they didn't respect women at all I know oh god. Um, uh, but no, the uh, her story actually like she is an interesting story. Oh about, yeah, like her final years too, especially. Um, but she's got an interesting camp vibe to her. I've only watched yeah. like one or two of her films, and but, I don't even remember their names. So, but it's 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 there. It's all right. I mean, there's um, some funny parts in it. Uh, when they're trying to get off Hawaii to go to San Francisco, they're conning their way off Cary Grant, and so they go up to the guy and said, "Hey, last night you told us you'd fly us to San Francisco." And, he, and the pilot says, was I drunk? He, they said, yeah. He says, well, I never break my drunk promises. That's funny. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I also watched uh, two movies that also both started with Once Upon. Uh, I watched Once Upon a Honey Honeymoon. That is with Ginger Rogers. Mm-hmm. And it's another World War II movie. And it Cary Grant is a journalist. Good job, buddy. And uh, he is in Poland. And uh, Ginger Rogers is marrying... Um, uh, a Polish uh, baron mm-hmm. and she's pretending she's somebody she's not. She's pretending she's a socialite and she's really not. So she gets married to him and he's actually uh, like a henchman for Hitler. So this movie is super serious, but also kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Like they deal with um, helping Jewish people escape and, uh, but Carrie, they wouldn't have called them Jewish in the in the movie. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. Ooh, production code changed. Apparently. Oh, yeah. That's right. So it was after 1942. So okay, after we entered the war, yeah, that, so, that would have made sense. But it's yeah. really interesting because there. I mean, there's a death of a general that's like gory, mm-hmm. and it, it's so bizarre because it's Cary Grant measuring Ginger Rogers measure like her body because he's pretending to be a tailor so it's kind of funny mm-hmm. and then they talk about like hitler killing people and Oof. how they have to help people and yeah it's how poland is uh, how the baron sold out poland and i mean there's nazis it's it's crazy every film that you look at from that era between after uh uh after uh the breakout of our entry into the war up until maybe about 44, like every film, no matter what it was, had that, like, we have to do something patriotic in here. Yeah. It is the only time in film history where the film industry and the government were so intertwined. Yeah. Um, it never has been that way ever again. Um, like, All Through the Night, which is a Bogart film I talked about with you not too long ago, where Bogart is a gangster who stumbles upon a Nazi murder mystery. Is very much the same thing. Yeah, it's and it's. I mean, he's really good in it. It's it's actually a pretty good movie. It's just the tone is weird because it goes from screwball to dead serious. Right. 
Um, and, and I mean, Cary Grant is really good in it. Some of them can do it really well, though. Like, I mean, to be or not to be does that excellently. Yeah. Like where it's serious, but then it gets silly. Yeah. Um, but not everyone can do it, obviously. But I'm sure Cary Grant carries that performance. Oh, yeah. That no, he's, just... he's really great. And then Ginger Rogers is really good, too. Oh, she's amazing. Um, I love Ginger Rogers. And the last one I watched was Once Upon a Time, where Cary Grant plays a theater owner and his theater is going under. And so he's trying to find uh, a new act for his theater not to be closed and he finds these two little boys uh on the street who are play harmonica and have a dancing caterpillar and so he sees it and the caterpillar dances to the harmonica and he's telling him how this is like the best thing ever and the movie is really cute um it's really lighthearted. it's kind of fun to watch after you've watched these kind of heavy Cary grant movies um, or he's, the possession of hannah grace <laughs> yeah or the possession of hannah grace and he's really he's so good in it and the only bummer is this is another one you can only get on Prime because um, Sony's never released it on home video. Mm-hmm. Um, but they restored it for Prime, so it looks and sounds really good. Um, and it's just about his relationship with this little kid named Pinky and his dancing caterpillar and how no one will believe him and how he's trying to sell it and um, telling the kid not to get It's actually a really cute movie. I've never um, seen this one. I'm going to look this up now. Yeah, it's free on Amazon Prime. That's um, adorable. Yeah, it's not like his best movie, but it's... Nice, lighthearted, hearted fair. Well, I, we all know his best movie is His Girl Friday or <laughs> The Awful Truth yeah, or The, the Philadelphia Truth. Story, yeah. which isn't even or his Charade. movie. That's more a Jimmy Stewart movie, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I watched this week. On uh, the podcast this week, our featured movie is Shazam. Brad, should people see Shazam? Uh, gee, I don't know. I saw it four times. So, yeah, they should see, <laughs> <laughs> they should see Shazam. It's that's awesome. awesome. Uh such a breath of fresh air. So much fun. Um, yeah. I'm going to gush more about it after the trailer. James? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a a fantastic, fun movie. Uh, a really good family adventure movie. Maybe my only concern is I wish it was slightly less scary at parts so that it could have just been PG. Um, because it's so close to, like, just a good family movie. Um, and and but I, And I was like, man, this is... This is good and fun. And then that thing happens in the third act, and I was like, this is important. Um, so, yeah, but we'll talk about that later. Zach? Sorry, I'm still shell-shocked from uh, James not liking us. Um, it sucks, man. The movie sucks. <laughs> I mean, whatever. You read things the way you want to read them. Um, hey, hey, you know what the first two letters of sucks is? U and S. Damn, Zach, step back from the ledge. <laughs> I hope you step off that ledge, my friend. Uh, Shazam, though, um, yeah, I loved it. Um, I want to go see it again. Uh, I, I appreciated this film's ability to maintain my interest, um, and just like, fair, yeah, <laughs> like because yeah, true. There's, there's, we'll it's get, to, we'll get more into it later. But this is like one of those. Th- my biggest fear walking into this was like, is this gonna be like a 1940s serial movie that I really want to see, but like doesn't go well, and then everybody shits on it, and then I'm the only one who likes it. But right. thankfully, a lot of people have loved it and shown love to it. Um, and I like the, I really like the design of the, um, of certain aspects of the film, and we'll get into it, and just the way the story structures itself, and and the humor is great. Zachary Levi is fucking amazing in the film; like it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Um, yes, please go see Shazam. Ryan, should people go see Shazam? And did you take Helen? Um, no, and no, I did not. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> uh, Shazam is uh, really fun. Um, I did not take Kellen because. 
I heard mixed things about it. Right. Um, that was like my one question coming out of the theater. Was Brad like, Man. Uh, mentioned, because uh, I asked him, I said, can Kellen see it? Because it's pretty lighthearted, the trailers. Yeah. Um, and Brad mentioned a part uh, of pretty extreme violence in it. Yeah. And so I didn't take him. And I think he would have been okay. However, um, it's the dark parts are pretty dark. It's the monster designs that are yeah maybe more disturbing. Because... The violence to me feels a little off screeny, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm well, mis- misremembering. But well, I took um, his head bit off on screen. That's <laughs> true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard, yeah, yeah. Leonard Maltin was quick to point that out in his review. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the movie's a lot of fun, and um, we touched on it a little bit, and uh, we'll play a trailer in a second. But I think this is what DC should have done initially with their universe: is you take someone where everyone knows who Shazam is, but they don't know who no. Shazam is. I have no. I mean, I know. That's I, what I, mean. I know from comics. Yeah, you know I, what I it know, looks like. like sure, and I th- I could yes. I could say the same thing for Iron Man. I mean, how many people knew who Iron Man was? Yeah, and so I think this is what DC should have done, um, because this is an easy film to get into. Yeah, and um, it's told in a really fun way. And here is the trailer for Shazam. Baby bats, I choose you as a champion. So my powers will become yours. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say it, okay? Say my name. Shazam! <laughs> it's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude, I don't even know how to pee in this thing. This is proof of authenticity. Super strength. Electricity manipulation. Hyperspeed. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Sparkle fingers. No, it's not. It's not my. That's not my name. Chosen one. Oh, you're like a bad guy, right? You literally did the opposite of what a superhero is supposed to do. You're him. You're the hero. You're welcome for not getting wrong. I'm Batman. Get him back in. How old are you? Basically, fifteen. Electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people. And then I caught it! And leave tall buildings in a single bound. Um actually, I, I get what you're saying a little bit. The only like way I knew Captain Marvel slash Sazam was from those serials from Republic. Yeah. And like some of yeah. those some of those older like there was a radio show of it too, but like but I didn't like know his villains or whatever really. Like, oh yeah, because like th- those weren't like canon back in the day or whatever. The well, I think his I think his costume is really iconic. The, yeah, no, it, it's yeah, and they've talked about him in documentaries I, constantly. I feel like I knew more about Shazam because of his relationship with Captain Marvel. Yeah, than I knew about Shazam 
like you know yeah i mean yeah. but so like what i found interesting about this film though like so it did something that i didn't think was going to be possible to while also making the movie good uh it adheres to its serial roots in interesting ways sure um there's a there's an income poverty line in the film like between which rich and poor which exemplified by the villain and the good guy uh, and the hero mm-hmm. Um, there's the set of the wizard's cave or like the, the that whole thing like, is awful. No, it's not. It's, but I know beautiful. what you mean. It is. Yes, it, but it, it is. looks, but it looks like it was constructed out of the same cardboard in the 40 serial. Yeah. Which kind of looked brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and like, and when they're like moving or maneuvering around it, it, like, it feels so compressed that it, it has that serial feel while still yeah. feeling bigger. Yeah, it feels because like... Because when it gets big, it gets big. It feels like a set from an 80s family movie. Yeah, or, I mean, like, like, like I said, like, it just... It, it has that that quality about it that makes it feel so familiar right away. It's the reused components from, the from like, a scene in The Explorers or something. So, um, Brad, you liked it so much you saw it twice in one day. That's right. What, uh... <laughs> and, what, and, com- and then two more times. <laughs> what, compel- what, what is so compelling about it that you've seen it four times already? I just thought the... The jokes themselves, like the writing, was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're testing out the powers, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the part where he lights them on fire—it's <laughs> a fake so good. invisibility test. Like, oh, that's like just so <laughs> clever. And no, then, trans- transportation, transportation, transportation. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and and just poking fun at like also when they're uh, in the final fight with Savannah and they're. Uh, hovering above the city, and Savannah is trying to give his villain monologue. Yeah, and like oh, so you think, good. like yeah, they do yell at each other a lot in those in these movies, but like realistically, they wouldn't mm. be able to hear each other. So like <laughs> that was a fun thing to poke fun at. And he's also making the uh, Henry Cavill face, like the intense Superman face. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Just yeah. The writing really. You know, and I think the villain was scary. I mean, he because uh, that's you know. Not a, deep, but he's scary. Yeah, yes. like uh, he—he's a threat. Yeah, because but he's also like he rides this line between that and also looking like a campy, yeah, comic book villain. Like yeah. he has a weird scar thing in a glowy eye, and he's bald, like in like, a cereal. Yeah, I mean, and, and I went great. and looked up the comics, and like the the comic version of him looks like a little goblin dude. Like not, mm. but it, like. He's a bald little dude. He just yeah. has, like, goblin ears or something. Yeah. The weird thing um, I noticed, though, is uh, if they don't, like, reboot Green Lantern, he's also Sinestro, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, well, Mark Strong is just a really strong, like, villain guy. Yeah. I, think hey, it's hey. I think it's his voice. Mark I, think, I think it's his last really name, strong. yeah. 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 Um, um, I, I, dude, there's... Um, but there's... Like the that opening that opening moment where he's in the car and whatnot, like, like there is a, there's a groundwork for, like, this darkness... The moment, though, that would would be normally your like sidekick assistant to the evil person, uh, gets like obliterated into a skeleton when that door opens up for him again. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, we're in for this ride, huh? That's fun. <laughs> at, at that point, at least, even that was like, like, like the 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 seven deadly sins at that point are, you know, glowy eyed monsters akin to a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, and. You know, she disappears, but the, the, her her, you know, vaporization kind of looks like something out of Buffy. Yeah, like nothing was that terrifying until but, but the Seven Deadly Sins actually like well, I become think the, monsters. When he goes into the boardroom and he just throws his brother out the oh, window, yeah. and every audience I think I've been in, they've gasped. Like, yeah, because because <gasps> it's one of those things. Where you're like, oh shit. Yeah, and that um, shot from outside the boardroom in the glass and whatnot, like it it. it, it 
it felt intense, uh, more intense than I'd normally seen a PG thirteen movie. The, the, oh, go ahead. No, this is fine. Oh, I was gonna say the and to Brad's point, like the comedy is part of what to me kind of holds the first mm-hmm. two thirds of the movie together. In that, well, a the the B plot of Billy as an as a foster kid, all of that to me is great. Like I think really that well Angel handled. Ashru plays Billy is amazing. He's so good. Yeah, like I also like how they portrayed like so in the movie. There's his flashback of how great his mom was but yes. they reshot it where it's from her perspective and it's and just a little like, tweak yeah it's not a big difference no, it's, she says it's the same a wide delivery yeah she delivers yeah. it different yeah it's right. like heartbreaking um yeah, yeah 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 well it's almost like the context makes it makes it more different than anything else mm. but like if, if i if i take a step back and i look at this the villain and the the a plot itself it's actually pretty weak like i think the seven deadly sins villain is kind of shitty yeah. Um and and dumb, but like everything else around the movie is so good that you just don't care. Like it, it almost flies in the face well, of the whole like superhero movie is only as good as its villain because this is not that no, at all. I, this superhero movie is as good as the family, right? And he he <laughs> learns that um he because there's also there's I love this the line when he's fighting with because the um, villain here is isolation man yeah uh, he's fighting with his uh, foster brother. And after he saves yeah. the bus that he caused the accident, <laughs> so good. Um, and he says, "You know, you." He has a line where he says, "You just want to be me." And most movies kind of leave it at that. Yeah. He's and like, no and, shit. And he's like, "Yeah, no shit. I want to be you." Right. And you're taking this for granted. Right. And it's his arc is really good. Yeah, uh, as, it is. As Shazam. Yeah. Because he, you know, and I, the, my biggest concern about this movie was the the costume. Because when I was seeing pictures, I'm like, this doesn't look good. But in the film, it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because it's like they've bulked him up to, especially when you get to the later thing we're not talking about yet. Like the the suits just in general kind of look a little comic booky. Like they look a little body suity, but it kind of works in a weird way. Like they're in a cereal. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. It, it yeah, has no. that look of like let's beef them up to make them look like a Superman yeah. or whatever. Like I right. mean, I mean, like aesthetically, like and just like. Every the way everything plays out, like it was just like a fun, a fun ride and romp and whatnot. Like honestly, like I feel bad. I probably should have gone with Brad to see it that second time because I would have watched it again. Oh yeah, but I mean, I obviously want to go back. So speaking of the finale, which uh, I had spoiled for me because I walked down a toy aisle like the week before. Oh Um, shitty! So I was like, who are these other Shazam characters? I mean, in the comics, he does have other people around. But I I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. So that moment happens, and I I've thought about this for the last few days. To me, that moment is I am Iron Man level good. And it's so great because they set it up like three times with the hands at the dinner table part. Yes. For for that to like come back for the staff, and I was like, oh man. And and because so. I, I say that because this was the closest I've ever felt. I remember when we saw Iron Man for the first time, and I walked out, and everybody was talking about, like, oh, man, I am Iron Man. And I was like, so? Because I knew. And then when I found out, like, oh, it was a big deal to other people mm-hmm. that he admits he's the superhero and breaks this sort of general oh, expectation yeah. on superhero movies, that then when this movie did it where – you know, you're watching this movie and you're like, oh man, it's really too bad they can't all have superpowers. And, then they... and the end of the movie is no, the whole family gets superpowers. Yeah. And that's what makes this so great. Yeah. I was floored. I was like, this is the coolest, most like tectonic shift in a superhero movie for me in a while. Yeah. Because it was that 
it, it gave me that feeling of like wish fulfillment that you're supposed to get out of a superhero movie that I haven't gotten from a superhero movie in a long time because you you know it you go you don't go into a super or into a spider-man movie and get really excited when he gets when he wakes up and he has spider-man powers because you're like yeah it's spider-man let's get to the part where he fights and it's cool and there's quips and it's great like this to me when when his little sister becomes a superhero uh now i will say i agree with slash film when they criticize the fact that the fat kid turns into not a fat kid superhero it would have been really great if he were a fat kid superhero but whatever um, my only critique and the only reason i did not give it a perfect review is the kids at the end all knew how to use their superpowers where um yeah Shazam it would have like, been more took them a little bit to learn how but they're been... being attacked so it's a little bit of more of an intense like trial by fire moment so but it would have been a more fun sequence if they were screwing up <laughs> there yeah. are mo- there are moments where they don't well, they almost killed each and other some with of... those powers true there and are... some of them some of them have been studying with him yeah there are also moments w- within those like within that scene where they don't even have a grasp on him at all so like, yeah. they're still trying mm. to figure out how to do it but it doesn't it doesn't leverage they, they still took out the Mike question was they, they should almost do more bad than good while yeah. defeating the bad guys yeah. I, I did have a question it seemed like they all had like one aspect of sh- main shazam's powers mm-hmm. or was it just they were isolating that at the moment i think they, they just all don't as, all as powerful i think they all probably have it yeah i don't know i, have no I think i think it's magic in a movie and just accept it and enjoy the ride because all because yeah, the well, demons are all like well if they're separated they're less powerful so I was like oh the oh, Shazam version of that maybe that's why they're all like one's only got the strength and one only can only fly I think they just figured different things out okay because because they all show little bits of some of them yeah because like, uh, Mary not, it's not doesn't like, really show any specific thing right whereas like um Freddy Freddy Darla's fast Freddy can fly Pedro's strong but Freddy also like can carry people. Because he well, does. Eugene has the lightning stuff. Yeah, well, and, yeah. well, and Freddy will, should be able to be the best one anyway. And Eugene, cause... wait, which one is the fat kid? Pedro. Pedro. Okay, Pedro also has. Yes, Pedro's got the strength. Eugene flies, doesn't he? I feel like I, I think saw they him do. Fly. Yeah, I think they probably all have them, but that kind of goes to maybe Ryan's thing of like they don't quite know how they work, so they're just doing their best to get through. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just like in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, I bought spider-man trying to figure out the powers more yeah but and still fight the vulture um the first time i mean it's the movie's still fun and i i mean i forgive it for that because i I want to see him fight monsters i'm down and it's kind of a missed opportunity when you you the fun thing could be like that the little girl picks up on the powers really quick where you know eugene is basically fucking everything up because he doesn't know what the hell's happening these are just like minor quibbles of a movie that's really fun right um. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I, I between this and Captain Marvel, I've appreciated these two back-to-back superhero <laughs> movies where I don't, where I don't uh, know everything about them. Like Shazam, I have more of an upper hand on because there's an old-timey element to it. Yeah. But like, I didn't even know that much. Like, I knew there were other people in his sphere, but since I didn't see like a like anybody that looked like those characters, I was just like, oh, they're not going to be there, and then they're kind of there. I guess I don't know. I don't. I didn't reread the history thing, but I, I knew there was a family in the same way I know there's a super family, but I don't expect them to show up because they can just get. Powers, I didn't expect them to do it right? in the first movie if they're going to do it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, like I've appreciated like just going along for the ride so much so that that post-credit sequence with Mark Strong talking to a caterpillar, Mister Mind, Mister Mind. I don't know yeah. what Mister Mind is. That made me happy because it was nonsensical. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's a lead into New Gods. Yeah, uh, th- he that little worm looks exactly like his comic character. Yeah, um, and he's just this really smart alien being, if I remember right. Oh, so it's not I think a he Black can Adam, but... whatever he wants. He just but yeah, but he, it is with Black Adam. Cause, oh, okay. So it's a lead into Black Adam. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the post credits, uh, you know, The Rock is a producer on this. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm aware. <laughs> also, um, you asked me like. I think I was on the last episode. You're on something about this being in the DC universe, and you were like, oh, "It yeah. can't be." And I was like, uh. "Well, I said, I, I sort of said like it's on the outskirts. Um, it's not like it's not related to Justice League, but it's in the same world." Oh, I would, I would have, I would have said, Superman suit. "Right." I would have said, "You know, okay. Superman's not going to show up in it, and he doesn't, but he." Does I think it's actually kind of a cool reveal. Yeah. I, I thought so too. Jesse yeah. said it's it was a good, weak. It's a good. Like, I think it's a good scene. It's funnier I think it's like. I don't think you need. Uh, well, because remember, you don't need to see his face. You only need to see a symbol because it means hope. Not so. so. <laughs> <laughs> um. Gross. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all the way back I mean, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine considering that that's still the best movie out of that franchise. Um, I like Man of Steel a lot. Yeah, Man of Steel. The the best of them. I like Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, it. I. I, I feel like <laughs> you hear that, Kellen. Like ha- Wonder Woman. Half the time, I felt like the the DC jokes were the weaker parts, like the weaker jokes for me. But but, but thankfully, there are few. But they're between, and they're fine, right? Like, um, they don't they don't feel shoehorned in. No. You know, even the bullet, which ends up being a part of the plot, sort of actually doesn't feel shoehorned. Stupid in. adult hands. <laughs> I, 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 take, I take that back. That there really is good. one great DC joke when he throws My the uh, nine or ten inch tall Batman figure that goes, "I'm Batman." Yeah. But that's the thing. That joke could have been in any movie. Yeah, where but, you were running but, through. But it was funny within like, this context. That, yeah, I think that movie. I think that scene is in Jingle All the Way. Um, it is so. Um, also, I liked that they subverted the big piano yes. sequence. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I almost told that to Dan today because we were talking about, we were joking about things. That, he was asking me about the movie, and I said something about, yeah, they they even straight referenced the piano. And then I was like, I can't tell you yeah. that because it's too good of a spoiler. Um, and I do like the moment where he's talking to um, Mary's the older sister, right? Yeah, and Mary on the street about like, well, well yeah. you, you should you should get out and you know college. This is a good conversation with Zachary Levi doing. Like doing comedy, but like there's a serious bent to it. But it's like it's it's an emotionally funny situation. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot because I watched this and Captain Marvel back to back. They are very similar movies. Uh, that shithole line. Uh, Minerva also calls Earth a shithole, whereas in Shazam, their house is a shithole. Sure. Um, they are both given their powers by. Wizards, Wizards. Um, <laughs> of a sort. Um, shit. Ah. And Who, a stunning twist, both were created by Stanley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a couple other things. I was sitting at the drive going like, oh my god. I'm, I'm re-watching the same beats in, in different contexts, and I should have wrote them down. But that was two of the big ones I remembered. Man, that wizard was great. Yep. Campy looking. Jim and Hutsu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jimon Huntsu's in both those movies. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's true. Oh man, look, I got the Shazam market covered. Uh, uh, oh, and also he falls out of the sky to learn how to fly, and she falls out of the sky and learns how to fly. Oh, oh, later. I thought you meant she falls out of the sky into the blockbuster and then she, later learns how oh, to fly. No, yeah, no, she does it but, way later in the movie when she yeah, finally figures it out. Right? Yeah, but, right, yeah, yeah. He does it in the middle. 
Yeah. So yeah, there's similarities. So, yeah. Yeah. But both are in a fight. Both are like part of adopted both? families. Somebody. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. All you right. The writers and directors of Shazam and Captain Marvel coming out of each other's movies, going like, "Did you? No way. No way." Both of them have adorable little African American girls. Yes. So cute. <laughs> that little girl is the little of the the younger daughter from This Is Us, and she's so amazing, and I love her, and she's the best. And she's, she's the best sister. She's just so cute, and she's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like funny. Like that scene where they're all figuring out that he's Shazam oh, yeah. on the couch, and she's just sitting there like, "You guys <laughs> guessed it, <laughs> and I didn't help you at all. I'm, I'm a good a... sister." <laughs> yeah. That was so good, yep. man. Yeah, I love it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is and it, is and it but? I, I was really waiting for him to fight a bad guy by saying Shazam and changing and then using the lightning bolt from Shazam and then he did and I was happy about that that was cool that was cool yeah, yeah. making yeah. him fall off the yeah yeah oh and one one other critique is that I wish I wish that the 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 seven deadly sins were recognizable as things and not just like kind of crummy Van Helsing demons yeah, whatever they're not gluttony important. had like the huge stomach and yeah gluttony is the only one you could really like That's you know design. yeah uh, but also, McFarlane toys. The, the the glutton design is also like the reason why I wouldn't want to take a little kid, you yeah. know. Yeah. Especially when his stomach opens, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's a bit much. Whereas it could have just been like a fat guy who's ugly and punches you in the face, and then you know. Oh shit! I could have auditioned for that. Fuck. But at least the CG is bad enough that I think it's more okay for kids because it doesn't look real at all. Yeah, it, it does look kind of cheesy. But like again, but it's fine. Depending on how young they are, they're not right. going to know that difference yet. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm good. With it. It's a fun movie. Fun time at the movies. It is. Yep. Uh, next week we're seeing Hellboy. Spe- speaking of good monster designs, <laughs> R-rated Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of a rating that should have been applied to Hellboy. The yeah. whole time. Well, so that'll be fun. But I do like the Gamble tutorial one, so. Yeah. What do I know? Yeah. Thanks for listening, as always. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.